welcome to Reading Chats. We are on our third episode of our series about The Girl Who Drank the Moon by Kelly Barnhill. So in our first episode, we talked about the characters. In our second episode, we talked about the plot. So this episode, we get to focus on the theme of the story. Now, I think there's an, uh, there are a few themes in this story. Um, there's a, a good amount of evidence for the theme of hope and sorrow. There's also a good amount of evidence for the theme of good over evil. And that's the one I want to talk about, the good over evil. Because sometimes it feels like good never wins anymore. And I appreciated that this story showed that to us and reminded us that good does triumph over evil. So this is an old, traditional, tried and true theme. We are introduced in this story to a sad world where people, they don't feel like they have any choice even. They don't feel like they have any control over their own lives and they're living by all these traditions that they're just stuck living by. They're obedient to the traditions, but they don't even understand or know why they have these traditions. And so they're kind of a depressed community. They're really beat down. They have no hope. They're just sad. Um, and, And one of the saddest parts to me is that nobody even asks for explanations about why they have these traditions. Nobody ever even asks about sacrificing the baby each year because they've all just grown up that on the day of sacrifice, a baby is left in the woods and a mean old witch comes and gets her. And I would question that if I was one of them, but nobody does. Um, so throughout the story, we watch Antane as he's de- he is able to develop his own innate and internal hope for something better. And it comes from his really strong sense of good and love for other people. That's where it starts with Antane. And through that, it grows, and it progresses, and it improves, and it turns into this outwardly hope as the plot develops. Um, The author allows the reader to to see his goodness, and the goodness that's in Antaine is seen early on in the plot, when he has such sympathy for the madwoman as her baby is taken away. He's quite young when that happens and he he never forgets it and he never feels bad for her or he never stops feeling bad for her. He never um, just moves on like, oh, that's just the way life is like everyone else does. Um, The reader is also able to watch this good that's in Antaine grow and through his personal side, it it spreads to Athene and, and their son Lucan. And Athene also has this innate goodness in her. She is able to share and spread this good, especially during the part of the book where Sister Ignatia leaves. And and Athene is able to have a little bit more influence while Sister Ignatia's dark cloud is gone. So as a reader, we are able to watch this good grow. 
and it extends out from Antaine, it extends out from Athene, it even extends out from Jean and from Luna. Um, and their characters, Jean and Luma, Luna, they, they show more of good examples of long-standing, time-spanning good. So Jean is really, really old, and her whole existence is meant for good and to influence people for good and to do good things for other people and for all these babies that she finds in the woods. So they are solidly rooted in good. And in the book, they even have these magical powers that enable them to do extra amounts of good and to be extra influential and continually finding ways to spread the good through their kindness, through their magic, through their willingness to help other people. And as the plot develops and unfolds and at the conclusion, we as a reader are able to see how Luna is able to come to this sort of realization and um, really put to use the ability of good that can grow and include a wider coverage and a wider range of people and of area from the free cities to the protectorate there's less of a barrier now and there's less of a of a stark difference between how sad the people in the protectorate are and and we're given a little bit of a glimpse to how the protectorate does change and the people become happier and they have more control of their lives and they're able to influence other people in a good and positive way and so to me while there are a lot of themes in this book um, I mentioned hope and sorrow being a theme there's also the theme of just love and, and family and family love and how it can perpetuate and become larger and I think both of those themes can be brought under the umbrella of good triumphing over evil because good can be limitless and in doing good we are able to tame evil we are able to diminish evil, we're able to suppress those evil things and the evil feelings and and as we see in this book, Sister Ignatia is dealt with and does she no longer has this evil sorrowful power over everything and even Gerland um, is suppressed and there's a more conscious effort to take this good power and have it permeate the whole community and the whole country of the protectorate. So that's my favorite theme of The Girl Who Drank the Moon is good over evil. And I think we need to be reminded of that a lot more these days. I think we forget that good can be so powerful and it can facilitate and perpetuate love and kindness in all of our settings. Um, you know, this is sort of a fantasy setting with magic and stuff, but just think about if there's more good in your school and if you go and perpetuate more good because you're kind to other people or you feel bad for these people so you love them a little bit extra. I just love the good over evil theme. And so that will conclude our little discussion about 
the girl who drank the moon. Thanks for joining us.